thank you. It is good to be back, and I agree with what Clint said. It, is, uh, it was a real learning example for me to teach to a camera. Uh, and um, we went through about 12 weeks of it, and we're still doing a Bible study we teach uh, online only. And let me just say what I heard the Lord said concerning y'all moving. I, I was so thrilled that Clint didn't say we're losing them. But he said, we're sending them off. And what the Lord spoke to me is, you believers are sowing a seed. And you need to expect them, that seed sown, to bring other people to you to fill the hole and the positions that they've been in and more. Because God just doesn't do things one-on-one. -on -one. He does it in a big, big way. Let me uh, tell you, I brought some CDs from the Bible study that I teach. Uh, there's a number of them back there. And it's a series on covenant and covenant authority. This is a time when we as believers need to know what the authority of the believer is. And so if you're interested in that, there's 11 teachings on it, about an hour each. And you can put it in a, a CD player. It'll play in your VCR or your recording device at home that you play DVDs on and, and things like that. So feel free to pick one of those up. The second one... Uh, we also have the good fortune to teach in a healing school where we teach about healing. We teach people how to minister healing to others. And I've got seven teachings on healing there. One of them in particular is called Thriving in Troubled Times. How many of you ever felt like something's happened and then before you get that one whipped, something else comes and then here comes a third one and a fourth one? That's what this teaching really addresses because that's how I think we find ourselves in this day and time right now. With just so much coming on us, we just want to say stop. And this teaching really takes you and refocuses you back on the love of God, which is where we all need to start from. And so feel free to take those. No cost. So no excuse not to take them and learn, okay? And I want to just recognize, I was surprised this morning that three people from our church in Bible study in Macon showed up. And so, Alan, Michelle, and Susie, thank you for coming. What a blessing, what a shock this was for y'all to drive down with us today. I'm going to teach a little bit differently than, in fact, I've never shared what we're going to be sharing now. Um, I feel like the Lord gave me a word to you for this church, and what he said to me was, come up higher. I believe the Lord has more for you to do, and it's exactly what Mel prayed, that you're going to be able to do things that you're called to do that maybe you didn't anticipate. But I start with a word the Lord gave me on July 3rd. I was up early in my office in a time of prayer and reading, and the Lord spoke to me. I don't mean in an audible voice, but just down in my heart. And this, uh, I seldom give these. Most of them are just for me, but I felt like this one was for the body of Christ, and I've shared it with my church and the Bible study we do. So I'm just going to read this to you. And to me, it is very encouraging. He started off and he said, Too many of my people are saying, If we could just get back to church as normal. But I say to you, that's not my will. And that took me aback. I must be honest with you. He went on and he said, for this is not a time for the church to be as it was or normal. It is a time for my church, my supernatural body, to take its place in this city, in this nation, and in the world, just as I desire and just as I have made it to be. 
It is time for you to come up higher, as I said to John in the Revelation, to behold me and to see me in the fullness of my glory, that same glory which I have also given to you, my body. And as you see, see and behold me in my glory, you will be changed from glory to glory. I have given the glory to be seen, and it's not just to be seen in here. I have given the glory to be seen, not hidden, to be a sign for the peoples that I am the Lord, who desires that all come to the knowledge of me, even as I prepare to gather you to myself. Come up higher, see my glory, and let my glory be seen in and through you, for now is not the time of normal. So I want to encourage you today that the Lord has additional things He wants you to do. It's not going to be a time when we all come back. Our church is having two services, so about half the folks we don't see. And that's no fun. But I don't believe that the Lord is bringing us back to have church as normal. I think there is some other things that He wants to do in us individually and through us individually and also corporately, as in this body of Christ, and so today, as I was praying about what to teach, I was reminded of probably the, one of the very first times I taught here, almost 10 years ago. And you were having a uh, sale of some goods to raise money from the trip. And it just rose up in my heart, so I spoke it out. And I said, there's coming a time when you're going to have an abundance of money, and you're going to have people in this community who don't go to this church participating with you in giving, funding what you do. Do you know that time is now? Because you're Project 216. And what a testimony that has been about you guys. How you love this community. How you serve them with that Project 216 and, and doing all the things for school teachers and for the kids in particular who have needs. And there are people who are contributing to that in this city who don't go to church here. So what we saw has actually come true. And the other thing that, that came to my mind was your signs that said you're loved. And Clinton Mail said, that wasn't I, it was someone else's. But what a, what a testimony that has been. My wife and another lady took that, baked cookies, and went to see a number of people in our congregation, including two of those here today, and, and put a sign up in their yard saying, you've been hugged, because that's something we all miss. I, I'm a hugger. I just enjoy that. And so I, what I want you to begin to see is you are having an impact with what you do beyond this city. And you may not even know that. But the Lord wants to say to you today, He's got more for you. And for you not to be concerned about how it's going to come about, because it's not going to be you by yourself doing it. It's going to be you through the empowerment of the Spirit. And so I want to teach you today some, some verses that I think are germane for you at this time. So go with me to 1 Thessalonians, the first chapter, and we're going to look at three verses. We're going to start in verse 2. Now, I've... I'll tell on Clint. I get up early, so he knew I was up. But he texted me as he was putting these scriptures on today, and he said, I thought you said you had a few. How many is a lot? And so we've got a number of scriptures to go through. We won't read them all, but I'll talk about most all of them. 
Verse 2 says, We give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention to you in our prayers. Now, I want to comment as I go through this. Notice he says that they're praying for you and making mention of you, but they're not doing it because if you're in trouble or because you've got needs. He is praying and giving thanks to the church in Thessalonica who was undergoing some tough stuff. There was persecutions going on. But this is not just a prayer from Paul about Thessalonica. This is the Holy Spirit's prayer for you and I. So I see Jesus making intercession for you and giving thanks for you. Now that ought to encourage you that the Lord is giving thanks for us and those as we do those things that we're called to do. And then in the verse 3, it says, Constantly bearing in mind your three things now, work of faith or acts that you do. And I don't want you doing anything of the flesh. Everything you do, I want you to do being motivated in your spirit, man, in your heart, and do those things through faith. If we only do what we're able to do, we are never stepping into God's supernatural. And that's where he wants us to walk. So constantly bearing in mind your work of faith, but it's just not work. What is it based on? It's a labor of love. So an effort. It takes an effort to love sometime, doesn't it? But we are commanded to do that. And then it says steadfastness of hope. Hope there doesn't mean you're wishing. Hope there means you have expectation that you're going to do exactly what the Lord has told you to do. In fact, we're saying for what we're doing, give us more, Lord. We're ready. We want to step out and do more. And I'm convinced that's what is coming for this body. And then verse 4, knowing, brethren, beloved by God. And my pastor likes to say, and I, I like it, so I'll unashamedly use it. Knowing, brethren, and I'll say it this way, you be loved by God. That's who you are, the beloved of God. You be loved by Him. And His choice of you, in other words, He's picked you for this time, He's placed you in this body for this time, for this moment, to do those things that He has not only for you to do, but please see that you're a part of a larger body and you're serving not only one another, but this city. So here the Lord gives thanks for all they've done. And then look over in chapter 3 of this same book at verse 9. He says, well, again, what thanks can we render to God for you? So he's doing it again. And let's just go down to 10. And he, he says, day and night he keeps praying for you. Now, I don't believe Paul was praying 24 hours for this one church. He was praying for all of his different churches. So this is talking about as we go through our day, stay in that attitude Hook to the Holy Spirit where you can pray and give thanks as He puts it on your heart. You're always ready to pray is what I believe He's saying in verse 10. And then in verse 11, He says, Now may the God and Father Himself of our Lord Jesus Christ direct what? Our way to yours. In other words, Paul says, I want to come to you. Well, why does He want to come? Because verse 12, and this is the key for you. You've been commended. I commend you, and I believe the Lord is greatly pleased at what you've done. But now is not the time to be comfortable. Now is not the time of normal. That he may cause you to do what? To increase. To abound in love one for another and for all people, just as we do for you. So the Lord is saying to you, you've done well. 
but there's more. Come on up. Isaiah, the ninth chapter, I don't remember the verse 7, somewhere around in there, says the end of the increase of his kingdom knows no end. So as long as we're going to be in this earth, we ought to be increasing. In fact, I believe we're going to be increasing in the knowledge of him throughout eternity. So what's he telling us here? That he's got more for us to do. Now look over in uh, chapter 4 in verse 11 or verse 10. For indeed, you do practice that love, he's talking about, for all brethren who are in Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, to excel the more in this love. To excel the more in this love. So this is what the Father wants you to do. You've done well. You've done what I've told you to do. But I've got more. And he's saying he's got more now for you because he can trust you because you've been faithful with what he's given you. That ought to encourage you. That ought to greatly encourage you. The love that you show in here one for another with those your love signs, do you realize that that's an example to this region? And Scripture tells us in John 13, 34, and 35 that the way we love each other in church, the way we love each other in the body of Christ, which is to be the same way that Jesus loved us, that's going to be as great a testimony as doing miracles and signs and wonders. And so I commend you. At the same time, the Lord's saying to you, excel even in the more. I want to show you in Romans 1, the 8th chapter, I mean the first chapter, the 8th verse, that this prayer that we just saw is not just a, a one-off. Here in Romans, he says, First, I thank God through Jesus Christ for you all. He was almost from the South, wasn't he? Because of your faith is being proclaimed where? Throughout the whole world. Many of you probably didn't have any idea that things that you're doing are being talked about. As, as we talk about them, as my uh, Clint's two brothers talk about how they're doing things here and talking about doing it at a church down in Jupiter, serving the kids like that. So you're having a bigger impact than you ever dream. Don't think of yourself as Nazareth thought of himself. Whatever, what kind of good could ever come from Nazareth? What happened there? Jesus could do no mighty miracles because they just saw themselves as common or as normal people. You are not mere men, the Bible says. You've been born again and recreated a new creature in the image of God the Father. And then look over in this same chapter at verse uh, 11. He says in verse 11, that he wants you to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, attend to your own business, and work with your hands. That doesn't mean that you're not out loving each other and doing things for him. It just means you tend to what he tells you to do. And verse 10, if we can back up one, says <clears throat> that he wants to come see him again. But what is he saying there? We are, excuse me, I'm in... First Thessalonians. Let me go to Romans. You're there. I'm doing things from memory and I shouldn't. Yeah. 
But, but in verse 11, that's the one. Let's just do that one because that's the key point I want to make. In verse 11 here, he's saying in Romans 1, For I long to see you that I may impart a spiritual gift to you that you may be established. And then in verse 12, he says this, that you may be encouraged. And how does he want you to be encouraged? Together while among you by each other's faith. So the reason I believe the Lord gave this verse to us, that he wants us to be encouraged by each other's faith, is because that's, he's going to be giving some things that you may ask, well, how in the world can we do this? But when you come in here, you're not coming just to sit and see each other. I've heard so many people say, I want to come so just so I can see everybody. That is important. But what is this verse telling us? That we are coming to be encouraged by one another's faith. You ought to be coming in with a testimony that you can share and the Lord show you who to share it with of what the Lord has done for you that week and vice versa. So that we're constantly doing what? Building each other's up, encouraging each other to, to step out and do the things that the Lord wants you to do. Now, I just will be blunt with you. If you're going to do some of the things that I believe he's going to ask, and I'm certainly seeing this in my own life, it's going to require some action on your part, stepping out where you're uncomfortable, taking a step out where you feel like there's nothing under you. But I will assure you, the Word of God will support you just like it did Peter when Jesus said to him, what? Come. One word. Go to Joshua, the third chapter. You are very familiar of how the children of Israel came out of the Egypt. And the Lord said, stand still, and I'm going to part the sea. And he did. And then they had more water issues. They encountered at Merah. A situation where the water was bitter. And the Lord said, stand still. Told Moses what to do. He threw a tree, which is a symbol of the cross. And what happened? Bitter waters became sweet. And then there were two other instances where they had no water. And the first time, he told Moses to strike the rock. So Moses is doing everything through the Lord's instruction. And the people are just watching. The time after that, he told Moses to speak to the rock. But what did Moses do? And this is what we are all tempted to do. We're tempted to go back to what worked the last time instead of listening to the Lord and what we ought to do this time. So Moses struck the rock again. Now, water came forth, but Moses, that's what caused him not to be able to enter into the promised land because he wasn't obedient, doing it God's way. And so that brings us up now to, to the Jordan River. They've been wandering for 40 years. They're ready. Across this river is the promised land. Across this river is Jericho, which they saw all the time as they came by this way. A formidable opportunity for them. And to make it worse, it's the time of the flooding season for the Jordan River. So the Jordan is way out of its banks. And in, cha in, in this chapter, in verse look at what Joshua tells the people because this is what the Lord is telling him consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you so I can imagine they were saying okay we can just get to sit back and watch what God does again but that's not what the next verse tells him is about to happen in verse 6 it says Joshua spoke to the priest now before you say well that's not me 
Yes, it is. What does the book of Revelation tell us? We've been made kings and priests. Jesus is our high priest. But you've been made a priest. What does a priest do? He does what the Lord tells him. He represents the Lord to people and people to the Lord. That's your job. That's my job today in this world. But he tells the priest that they're to carry the ark. Now, what was the ark symbolic of? What was in that ark? There were three items, but it was symbolic of what? The presence of God. Well, what do you carry? How many in here are born again? Everyone who's raising their hand, you carry the presence of God just like that ark did, except he's alive in you. He's quickening you. He's giving you life. So what I want you to see is what we're about to read when the priests have to act, we're not just talking about pastors acting or even your church leadership. We're talking about these people represented the people. These 12 people who carried this ark represented the people. And then let's look down in verse uh, 10. Now let's go all the way down to 13. Then it shall come about as the soles of the feet who carry of souls of the feet of the priest who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan. So if, when is something going to happen? When they step out into that flooded, swollen river, carrying this ark, not being able to see exactly what they're walking on. Rivers that I have been in, the one time I went rafting down the Nolichucky River in Tennessee, it poured down rain the night before and the river was so swollen the channel where we would have normally got in was 150 yards out that way and this water's just going by fast yeah we were crazy to do it and thank the lord he protected us we got through with we started with four rafts we ended up with one raft and three inner tubes because the bottoms just got busted it was so bad but look at what he says you step in those waters and the waters of the jordan shall be cut off the waters which are flowing from above shall stand in one heap. So, verse 14. So the people set out from their tents to cross the Jordan with the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant before him. And when those who carried the Ark into the Jordan, the feet of the priest carrying the Ark were dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows its banks all the days of harvest, that the waters were flowing down, that were flowing down, stood and rose up in one heap, and they stopped at a place named Adam, which I believe is symbolic, which is 22 miles away. And so what did they do? They walked across on dry land. But what was required first for the people? To step out on the instruction of the Lord in order to accomplish what he had given to them to do. And that's what he's looking for us today is for people who will step out on His Word with no guarantee except His Word of success. Not seeing how. So they're not doing same things as it was, had become normal to them. Now, it's interesting because this word Adam, the city, it's like the Lord for them 
is rolling back everything to the way it was with Adam in the garden, and they're walking across to what? To their promised land. Now, that's not heaven for you and I. The promised land was not heaven. That's where we are today, born-again believers filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the, this is our promised land right now. That's how we are to be living, just as they did. And the Lord was doing great things for them. But, you know, I can almost hear some of you say, how are we going to do this? Well, a couple of things that I want to encourage you with. The first is, you're going to do it by the Word of God, and you're going to do it strengthened by the Word of God. Look at Matthew, the seventh chapter. This is a very familiar scripture. And I don't want you to say, oh, I know that one, because I have found when I say that and I listen to the teacher, I'm learning something that I didn't know. But in this chapter, Jesus is giving a parable. And in 24, he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who builds a house on the rock. Now, this account in the book of Luke says that the man who did this dug deep. He had to put forth some effort. He's not doing it to earn something. He's doing it because this is what the word of the Lord told him to do, to dig deep and build his foundation on the rock. And what happened in the next verse? 25, And as the rains descended and the flood came, and the winds blew and burst against that house, yet it did not fall, because why? It was founded on the rock. Now, there are several things concerning what we do for the Lord that I think are important here. The Lord is not obligated to bless everything I just comes through my mind that I say I want to do. But I can guarantee you, when He tells you to do something, He will bless you and He will see you through until the very end. And you can have absolute confidence that you can step out and do what He's telling you. And then you know the account. Then it talks about the man who did what? Who heard the same thing. But he did not act on it. Quite often we hear things and we'll never act on them. But I want to see that when you know these things, when you have that faith, faith will cause you to act. Faith will cause you to speak out of your mouth things that you didn't think you were capable of speaking. It will declare what's in your heart. And so I encourage you, build up yourself on the Word. I can say that because I believe here you receive the Word of God taught. Don't respond to a pep rally. And it's through the Word of God that we're built up. If you're a person who, like me, at times in past in my life, had a hard time reading and understanding things in the Bible then listen to anointed teachers. Listen to teachers who are teaching the same thing that you receive here. Because if you start just trying to listen to everybody, you're going to get confused. Those CDs that are out there, if you take those, they're going to be Bible-based instruction. And that's, that's what is anointed, the anointed word. Not, not just the word itself, any word. It's, it's not the print. It's, it's that word that the Holy Spirit can take and reveal to you. Now, 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the word of the cross, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is to those who are perishing foolishness. But to us who are saved, it is what? The power 
of God. And so that word will cause you to be built up and to operate in a power in strength that you didn't know you were capable of doing. And this is true in every area of our lives. For praying for people even to receive the Lord. It's true concerning healing. It's true concerning being blessed financially. And that's the expectation that I believe the Lord wants for you. Now the second thing that I'm also going to encourage you is to listen and be guided by the Holy Spirit. The answer to a thousand and one questions is to be led of the Spirit. Now so many of us have said in the past, but I can't hear. The first thing I would encourage you to do is never say that again. Go to the book of John, the 10th chapter, four times in there. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. So I got to ask the question, is Jesus lying to us? So when I say I can't hear, I'm saying Jesus isn't telling the truth. So begin to see yourself as being able to hear the voice, not an audible, but just that knowing. There's not a person in here that has done something, and when they got through and it didn't turn out right, said, you know, there was something just in me that I knew I wasn't supposed to do that. That's the way the Lord talks to us in that still, small voice. So be led of the Lord. And when you're led of the Lord and the Spirit is involved with you, 1 Corinthians 2, look at verses 4 and 5. Paul, talking to the church at Corinth, says, My message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration and of power. So my encouragement to you is when you hear the word anointed taught from this platform, when you read the word on your own time, or when you listen to teachings of others, expect two things to happen. Revelation to come on that word, and what does this other verse, the rest of that verse say? Expect the power of God to come to do things that you could not normally do. Let his power flow through you, not just so you get goosebumps, but so you can make a difference with each other in here, with the body of Christ at large, and in this community, in this area. A couple more scriptures. Acts, the fourth chapter. In the fourth chapter of Acts, the Holy Spirit has been given. Peter and John go by the gate beautiful a couple of years later, speak to a man who was lame and creates a furor in the city because the lame man rises up and walks. And if we look in verse 27, it basically says to us that there were some people in this city who were not supportive of the church and who might even be against you. And I don't know about you, but in Macon we encounter that, and I would say it's no different in Scraven County, that there are some people who just do not want this body and other bodies to succeed. But they don't go to the Lord about that and ask you to take them out. Look in verse 29. They simply say in verse 29, Lord, take note of their threats. Take note of their threats. And grant that thy bondservants may speak thy word with confidence while you extend your hand to heal. So as you hear from the Lord things you're to do, and you ask for the ability to speak forth and believe and step out or come up higher in confidence, look at what it says he's going to do. 
as you, in verse 30, do extend your hand to heal, and wonders take place through the name of your Holy Son, Jesus. That's the supernatural power that I believe the Lord wants us to work with. I am not saying quit doing all some of the other things, but use that supernatural power. Ephesians 2.10, and then I want to pray over you, and we'll close. You may say, I can see that some other people can do that, but I can't see that about me. This verse tells us differently. How does it start out? For we are created in, by Him, and we are His workmanship. This word workmanship comes from a word which means created by an artisan, like the best painting that someone could ever do, or a statue that is really remarkable, or even a poem. And what do you call a painting from someone who that's their best painting? A masterpiece. This is what the Lord is saying about you. Now, don't think about that I'm talking to your neighbor. I'm talking to you. The Lord says, we are all His masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. Things that He calls us to do, that He enables us to do. And look at when they were prepared. I would say it this way. They were prepared in eternity past as He and Jesus agreed on what they were going to do on the cross to deal with what they knew Adam would do. So He has enabled all of us to walk in these things. So, Clint, if you would come on up, please. I want to pray over you a few verses from the third chapter of Ephesians. And we're going to start at verse 14 and go to the very end. And this is Paul's prayer for them, but who inspired Paul's prayer? Who inspired the Word to be written? The Holy Spirit did. So this is really... The Father's desire for you, the Son's desire, as well as the Holy Spirit. And listen to what he's praying about for you and I. For this reason, he says, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. So we have the name of Jesus being given to us. Verse 16, that he would grant to you according to the riches of his glory. He's not granting to my ability but according to the riches of Jesus' glory. To be strengthened with power. Where? Not in my flesh, but in my inner man. In this hidden man of the heart that we don't see. That we be strengthened there with power. And that power is a great power. And then 17 tells us, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, and that we're to be rooted and grounded. Does that sound like we're digging deep to found that rock to be founded on that we looked at in Matthew? And what are we founded on? What is the basis for our relationship? Why did Jesus do what he did for us? Because of his great love for you. And he asks, he prays in that we'd be able to comprehend with the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth of that love. And it goes on to say, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. So when we say that, we know we're not understanding it with our head, but what? We just believe it. We take it by faith and believe it. 
And that we may be filled up with what? All the fullness of God. Now don't tilt on me. This is praying. Paul is praying. The Holy Spirit is praying for you and I. That we recognize that we are already filled up with all the fullness of God. If Jesus dwells in you, isn't he the fullness of God? So we need to recognize what we carry. And then in verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. So anything that you've asked, he's able to do exceeding abundantly way beyond anything that we've ever asked. And verse 21 closes with another praise. To Him be glory. Where? In the church. God Almighty is to be glorified by this body of Christ at Believer's Church, Sylvania. And He does it because we are we. The verse concludes by saying, in Christ Jesus. Through His present day ministry, interceding for you at the right hand of the Father, where we're placed. He has set you in a position for this time. Mabel was talking, coming to church. What a crazy year this has been. She saw a sign that talked about a year to remember. Yeah, it has. And it's about to get better because the church is coming up and seeing Him differently. We are not going to do church as normal. We're going to do church as we should. So, Clint, if you would come over with me. I just want to... I'm going to ask you first if there's anyone here who can't say I didn't know that Jesus loves me I've heard it today and I want to know him and I want to know that love we'll pray about that I'm going to ask you to bow your heads but I'm also going to ask you to as you have your heads bowed to do what Melanie did except I want the opportunity to speak over you too if there are needs if there are things you're facing now Or if there are things you feel like the Lord has told you to do and you've not had the fortitude to act on, just raise your hands. And I just want to make a couple of declarations over you this morning. And Clint, I would urge you to feel free because they're your sheep that you've been given responsibility for. Join in if you've received something. So if you would, bow your heads. Is there anyone here who can't say, I know I'm born again. If I left this earth today, I'm going to heaven. Is there anyone here? Praise God, we've got a room full of overcomers. So are there people in here who are are needing healing in their body? I see several hands. So, Father, we just declare that your word tells us by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. So we declare that word over people today. We call people here the healed of the Lord. And Father, I thank you that as they believe it, as they begin to speak it about themselves, that they'll be coming on up and signs and wonders will work in their body and others will see it in Jesus' name. How about others who are facing financial difficulties and you just come and come and come and you don't see a way out? A couple. Father, you said that you would cause us to prosper and be in good health as our soul prospers. 
So I pray first today, Father, for revelation to these people who have their hand up on who they are in you. And I declare them prosperous in the name of Jesus, just as 3 John 2 tells us. That they prosper and be in good health as they prosper in knowing you and knowing your word. And then finally, is there anyone who is facing decisions? Or maybe you already know what you ought to do and we've not had the courage to step out? I've been there. So Father, I just pray over this congregation right now that the things that you're calling this body to do, that they will be with one accord in acting and accomplishing. And I thank you that once again it will be said of them, for their faith is talked about throughout the world and their love for the brethren in the body and in this city and in this county is recognized by all. We bless them. We say that good things are ahead and they will fulfill that which you've called them to. In Jesus' name.